thank you all for coming to this. Uh, I feel like it's early. Is it early? I feel like it's early. No, it's, it's emotionally early. <laughs> <laughs> it's noon, so it's technically afternoon. Yeah, so it's, it's, wakey, wakey. it's 4 a.m. for me, so you know, I've got some kind of excuse. In days. Um, as I hope you know, this is the, uh, one of the Ink Studs lives we're doing here. Uh, so I've got Emily Carroll, whose new book is Through the Woods, and it's fantastic. I hope you've all read it. As well as Becky Glennon, who has uh, two issues of the Gotham Academy Awards. Yeah, third in on the 10th of December. Yeah. Very soon. Yes. And uh, by chance of province. And by chance of province, which came out earlier this year. Sold out, so that's good. Yeah. Thank you both for coming, and hopefully you will be there. Thank you, Joseph. Good to be feel like I'm, like, when you're on a date, you're waiting for something to show up. <laughs> <laughs> you're like a romantic restaurant with candles just getting <laughs> <laughs> so like, Are you fun. sure you don't want to order those montages? One day our prince will come. This prince, I need to He is Um. So I guess maybe the first thing, um, I'm kind of, I don't know if folks were here yesterday. No? Good, because I'm going to repeat a lot of questions. Different people. Oh, there he is. Are I wanted to make an entrance. So I waited an hour inside. It was so cold. Hi. So, what's happening here? Uh, we were talking about you. Oh, right. Nice to meet you. <laughs> I feel like I'm on like a daytime talk show. It's, 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 yeah. it is. it's like it's a comic book Jerry Springer or something. Right. <laughs> 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 um, I was thinking about um, influences, and that's kind of one of the things I love jumping off of uh, in these things, because um, it can kind of take a lot from that. Uh, like, looking at the work you're working on right now and the work you've been working on recently, um, what are some influences, uh, especially the non-comics, that you've been looking at and kind of pulling from and it's been affecting your work? Uh, I guess I'll go first on right here. Yeah. Um, uh, for me, um, lately, the biggest one, this is not especially exciting, <laughs> is um, I've been reading a lot of uh, Canadian authors lately from Canada. Uh, so uh, I've been reading a lot of Margaret Lawrence, if anybody knows her. Uh, she writes kind of like these like sad stories about small towns in Canada in like the 1960s and 70s. So that's where I'm coming from lately. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm just doing lately. Um, but yeah, that's how does comes to mind. How is that working into your work? Um, they're sad and Canadian. <laughs> I've been trying to like kind of build up the mythology of this one small town I've made up. Which I guess like everybody, every author in Canada has to have some made up town that they have to build stories in. <laughs> so I was just working on mine. And then her work has been influencing that a lot uh, with the character she has in the views. Is that something that comes with moving to a small town? Yeah, yeah. I just recently moved to a, to a much smaller town, kind of in rural Ontario. And um, it's definitely that, it's a big inspiration too. So that's a really non comics inspiration. The town I live in. Um, um, 
Well, I think in general, uh, my work, I think everything I've ever learned about inking, I just stole from Fritz Lang. Uh, <laughs> it's his, uh, he's like an expressionist director uh, back in like the, was making movies in like the 20s and I think 30s too. And, and his, I, the, the film quality back then was so harsh and it, yeah, everything's like black or white. So you get these gorgeous, very stark, um, some, you know, just, just kind of mommy expressions, right? <laughs> uh, but something about that, like every time I get stuck on like art and don't really know anything, I change the this film's on the background, it's on, you know, it's great. Um, but lately I've been traveling a lot, of course. You know, so I've been here for like three weeks, about since, since the Lakes show, actually. And, um, I've been doing a lot of traveling. I went to uh, up, up uh, to like Anglesey in Wales, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, just walk around mountains and seeing just ruined castles and uh, that that stuff is like so it's like you know it's, I've got like inspiration for you know years now, but uh, it's great. I can go around like take all these reference photos. So the next comic I do is just gonna. <laughs> You know, it's got lots of sheep everywhere. <laughs> do you ever do any sketchbooking? I don't, actually. I, I don't like... I have a really hard time drawing, like, on the spot. You know, like, if I sit down and if I'm, like, walking around in the woods last thing, I'm like, whoa, I'm going to sit down and draw this. I just don't... I just want to run around and be like, yeah, I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> great. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I traveled around with Fabio Moon for a little while. And he was always, like, playing out a sketchbook with the watercolors, and I was always like, derp. Sitting <laughs> down next to him, like... He's like, what are you going to draw? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe like some handsome man. Handsome anime man. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, I, I don't have that, uh, that gene, whatever that is. Every time I, you know, I'll try to look at something and draw it, I'm always like, oh, it doesn't look like how it looks like in real life. Just throw it out the window. But I think it's the idea of soaking in an atmosphere and like immersing yourself in a place um, kind of gives you a different feeling maybe than just thinking about it. So when I, when I eventually do draw another comic <laughs> one day, <laughs> it's like these are feelings that I could harken back to. And uh, I don't know. I like traveling a lot. I think I like Wanderlust. It's really bad. Yeah. My turn. Okay. Your turn. Right. Uh, we are talking about uh, comics influence or out of comic influence? Outside of comics. Outside of, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, because I, you see my work, I can go with uh, German expressionism. <laughs> no one would believe me. <laughs> that was a smart one. <laughs> That's always been, you know, when I, when I yeah. first started learning how to, how to ink, because, you know, when you're younger, you just don't really know. Yeah. Anything. But it was that films, and I was like, oh, this is how. I this totally see movie. that. I love that movie. Yeah. That movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Danny movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, it's really hard to, to, to spot the influences you got, you know, because uh, for me, influences is something you realize longer after, you know. Mm-hmm. The same from comics or outside comics, you know, people who influences you, influence you, you realize that years later. When I started doing my webcomic, some people say, oh, it makes me think of, about, you know, Matt Running and the Simpsons. And I was like, not at all, are you crazy? <laughs> what are you talking about? And now, years after when I see that, I see the exact same shape of face of Homer Simpson. And the character is yellow, and I'm like, maybe a little <laughs> And, you know, but um, I know sometimes... Uh, 
sometimes I get stuck and uh, if we are talking about the inspiration and the concepts, the ideas, uh, the, the thing that helps me the most when, I, when I'm stuck is reading. It's just stopping doing uh, everything else like watching TV and drawing and uh, going out and have a life and just uh, take a pile of books and, uh, and read all day. Uh, and it's rarely about novels. Uh, what I prefer is like uh, science book, sociology books, uh, philosophy books. I, I stop at page four because I understand nothing. <laughs> but trying hard, <laughs> you know. And uh, after that, I usually gives me idea ideas, and, um, and 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 I can get back to work. And on the on, on the structure of uh, of the of the story, what helps me the most is uh, actually watching a lot of TV shows, like seeing how uh, a director in a TV show with, in a short story can make things happen. And uh, also, I do uh, I do comic, uh, comedy comics. I don't know how to say that. Uh, trying to be funny comics. <laughs> and, uh, so stand-up comedy was a big help for me. When I discovered uh, American uh, stand-up comedy, because we don't have that m much of comedy in France, uh, when I discovered that, uh, it, was, uh, it really helped me to think about how you make someone laugh by telling a, a stupid story about something that happened in your home, if you follow me. I don't think so. And uh, anyway, you know, in, in terms of structure and narration, you say narra narration, storytelling, mm -hmm. that helped me a lot. Do you have, is there any particulars that um, kind of, you were looking at something that kind of jumped out and kind of switched something in your head of like, oh. Yeah, it's like, it's like finding the mechanism. You know, when you laugh in front of something, thinking, uh, this is why it made it made me laugh, you know. And uh, but as I said, like I said, there are different levels of um, of inspiration. You know, the thing that inspire uh, your ideas, the thing that inspires the structure. Uh, talking about drawings, it can be anything. You know, just wandering uh, around in a new town. I realized that uh, travels are really good for that. After we went to Brazil, uh, where I met uh, Becky, and uh, after I was in uh, in the U.S., uh, you know, you see new, you you see new um, new new paysage. Shit. Is there someone who speaks French in the room? Landscapes. Landscapes. Thank you. Ten points for Rivendell. <laughs> <laughs> um, you see new landscapes, and you see new colors and new atmospheres. You know, because I had seen tons of photos of New York, for example. I thought I knew the city before I went there. But uh, suddenly you realize that it's not only about uh, the general aspect, it's also about sounds, about smells, about atmospheres, and temperatures. And loud, stinky city. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, you know, it's incredible, but it's, all of this, this atmosphere are really fuel for your drawing. Suddenly you just see a little shop that will never appear in a photo and you take a quick sketch and after that it comes up in a comic, you know, stuff like that. The sketchbooking is pretty important towards your process? Well, yeah, uh, I, 
but I'm really lazy, you know. So unless I have someone with me who says, "Let's stop and draw," I'm like, "Okay." I saw your sketchbook yesterday. Yeah, you know, yeah, but, yeah, you know it, it's 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 not you know I I don't do that all the time when I did. I don't this. do it ever though. It's really impressive. Let's say if I had the choice between doing uh, some sketching and having a beer, oh. sketching that instead of the Tell me a little bit about kind of uh, storytelling creation process. Um, do you guys have like, because you all do very different work, um, so I'm wondering like, what is kind of the nucleus for coming forward with the story? I mean, it depends on the story, like, um, sometimes it'll just start, I'll just, like, write down, like, a jot down a note in my notebook or something that might lead to something, um, and oftentimes it just kind of fizzles when it totally doesn't, but, uh, yeah, and then from there, like, I, I script stories differently every time, sometimes I write out, like, story beats that I want to hit and then fill in the parts as I go, and sometimes I literally just start and see what happens, like, I did a comic in June, I think, that started, it was, like, a script format, webcomic, and I did the first strip without knowing like what it was going to be about at all. But then I just had to. Um, the challenge was to figure out where the story was going to go based on my own thing. So. You don't want to build. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had the same here. You can do There's no particular order. But I can go. There's no order. No, I was just thinking because there's. Um, I've been doing so much different kinds of work lately. Um, and I'm writing a lot more for other people. So the, of course the process writing for another artist is totally different because I actually have to type words. Usually if I'm like working for myself, I can just do a little sketch and like make a note or two and be like something sad here. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm very like I I get really into the structure of it. So I I can't just start on here and like end over here. I have to have like everything has to be planned and like meticulous and and. If I ever do like improvise a panel, I'm never happy with it. Like there's a in my like mini comics, there's some panels when I was just like, oh, and then this, and I was like, I should have, I should thought about that more. Like I should have like nitpicked them more. But um, I, yeah, I don't have that spontaneity. Uh, but you know, uh, writing for somebody else, I actually have to use words, uh, which is it's been interesting to learn because I know I I can use them, but uh, to actually sit down and like think at words because. Before, like when we started Gotham Academy, I was doing like all these thumbnails, and then like just writing what happens in each panel. Mm-hmm. You know, because I don't want to give Carl thumbnails because he's he's better than that. You know, <laughs> he's better than what I can do on like in my thumbnails. But it was mostly just to make sure that every beat can like fit on the page. So you just uh, give them dialogue, or do no? I do a whole full script. Yeah, and I work with it. I have another writer on board, and mostly we just like go back and forth, and then pick out scenes that we want to do, write each scene, and then cram it all together in like one big Google Doc and like see how it reads. <laughs> and then kind of edit each other's. Because working with um, Brendan Fletcher is really great. He, uh, he writes a lot more than I do. And I write very, I, I try to like get to the very point of what I want to say, and then beef it up later. He'll write way too much, and then we always have to pare it down to like, okay, what will fit in the speech balloon. <laughs> so it's really funny to work with someone like he's, he's much more of a writer. Than I am. I'm much more of a. Yeah. I'm curious, like approaching it specifically as a writer, if that's affect the work that you kind of lean to work on. I think about it more. I haven't. I haven't written for myself since I've been writing for other people. 
I'm adapting a book right now, actually, oh, which okay. is tricky. But that's all the adapting part is like already done. So he's drawing it. But um, yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm kind of curious about the next book that I write for myself. So I wonder if I'll just sit down and like type out a full script. I don't think I will. I think I'll be lazy. I think I'll just scribble notes again. But uh, it's it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> now it's. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, for me, it depends. It depends a lot of what I am working on, building a story. If it's a long story, if it's a short story from my website, it's totally different. Uh, basically, uh, I, I essentially works work in my head, meaning uh, I don't sketch, I don't prepare stuff. Uh, usually, what happens is when I I'm thinking of a long story. Um, I'm trying to play it as, it, as it as if it was a movie in my head, That's, but hundreds and thousands of times, like when I'm in a train, I can be reviewing a story and uh, on in my bed before going to sleep and stuff like that. And at some point, I I have I've almost got it, and I start drawing a, a, a quick, you know, thumbnail sketch, and I, I I do the whole story in one shot. And that's how I work. And for uh, for short stories, when uh, when I want to make a funny short story, uh, I think I build I build that like a <coughs> like you build uh, you build a rant, you know, when you are ang angry at someone and you just cumulating mm -hmm. things. And so I'm thinking about stuff and I, I'm you know taking notes. And at some point I have enough uh, material to go in my rant and do a, a page where I say, oh, remember when I did that and when I did that and when, and it makes a story. It's like, you know, being angry all the time. <laughs> so when you're, when you, when you like think about your stuff, at, like before you go to bed, do you ever dream about your stories? Yeah. Yeah. Not dream, not literally dream. No, no. Because no. I've had dreams about like That's my characters. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Um, I dreamt stories and then made them. Yeah, but, like, I've seen your dream comics are awesome. But like they had, like I did one comic that was like um, a web comic that was like the one with the mermaid mm -hmm. and the prince. That was like a dream I had where I was making a comic and that was the comic <laughs> and then I made the comic <laughs> <laughs> to the point where I was like, am I ripping this off from somewhere? So like, oh, oh I, I got this one. Yeah. But this one is not crazy. Dreams seem pretty important for you. With you. For me? Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> She's the one having the fun dreams. <laughs> some fun dreams. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, they're super important <coughs> to me. Um, I have a lot of them, um, and they're very vivid to the point where it's sort of like, you know, you want to go to bed, but because you're tired, and you're like, oh, I don't want to like go on this involved adventure or something like, five <laughs> times tonight. Like, I just want to rest. <laughs> I was trying to describe it to a friend recently. I just want to like go to sleep and like rest for a while. I was like, but you're asleep. I'm like, no, but like I feel like I'll be like lost in a mall and I have to find somebody. And <laughs> um, so yeah, I have like a lot of them at night. And um, for a while, I used to write them all down. And I still do sometimes. And then I kind of mine them for ideas. And actually, a longer work that I'm working on now is also based on a dream I had. But a lot of them are literally, I dream that I find a comic that I've written and I read the comic. And then when I wake up, I like write down what I wrote. And then I kind of like psych because it's like you know, it's a dream. It's yeah. 50%, 50%, 99% pure nonsense. And then I take that 1% and I will try to form it into something. Um, but like I said, I dreamed the other night that I had finished 
a new graphic novel and like it had like all these cool ideas and it was like taking notes. <laughs> I always find that's like the worst. The few times that I've had dreams that I've It's so disappointing comics, when you It's like it. I'm like, I have to stack yeah. the pages and I'm a genius. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the best. I'm yeah. the best. And then I wake up and I'm like, that's what it was like. I'm like, oh, full color. Oh, this is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> there seems to have really, really nice dreams, you know? What can you dream about a merman? <laughs> I dreamed about, about mermen. My dreams are stupid like everyone's, you know, like I was in a spaceship but in fact it was a cow and your mother was here. <laughs> I have proper dreams. <laughs> so how does that work into your Oh, you know, sometimes there is actually some story in my dreams and really, really uh, rarely I can use it. So I think in ten books I, have, I, I could use like three dreams to make stories, but that's about <coughs> it. And um, no, it, sometimes it can be, sometimes you see, I see images, you know, in my dream and I, when I wake up, I draw it because I said, this was really, really, it was like a, a new landscape, something I, I, I was about to say I couldn't have imagined, but that's literally what happened. So, uh, but yeah, that can be a, 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 an inspiration source too. And like even the dream comics I did, I did them because I was having uh, like a rash of like terrible nightmares every night, and so I knew that once you actually tell somebody your nightmare out loud, it's just drivel, yeah. like it's just nonsense, it's not scary at all. So I started making comics to like kind of take the like defang the nightmares, yeah. and then and then I got to the point where I was excited about going to sleep because I'm like gonna make a comic about whatever happens, and then I started having this boring like <laughs> yeah, so then I gave it up. Amazing. Um, I'm going to ask a Brandon-esque question since he's not. Is it about Ron okay, is it, Yeah, who would win a fight? Ramana or... Ramana, yeah. Yeah, we, we had a two-hour conversation with uh, Emily and Eleanor about their favorite shifters from Ramana, but... Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. I don't think I can live through that. Anyway. I know, I understand. <laughs> um, unless you, you do have favorite yeah. shifters. <laughs> what? Shifts. 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 Oh, my God. No. <laughs> One of the things he talks about is actually, you saw Michael DeForest do a talk where he, Michael was talking about how um, he'll work on a comic and he'll kind of trash the comic and not finish it, but find like the dumbest idea from it and then take that as the foundation for a comic. And I'm wondering if like, you guys had experiences where you've like kind of worked on a comic it's not working and kind of taking elements from that. Um, not necessarily the dumbest ideas the Forge does, but put it down and working it into something else and finding it developing in different ways. Uh, what I, uh, hmm. I've definitely started a lot with uh, mini comics that I do, and they, they change a lot from the, my initial idea to uh, completion. Like Demeter was uh, insane because I, I flipped around the characters. Like I had written the whole thing and I had drawn a bunch of it, it just wasn't working, so I took the male and female roles in the comic and I reversed them. And uh, I don't know if you guys have read it, but it's like a couple by the sea and um, they just had different roles and once I switched their, their roles, it kind of just, everything just fell into place and the whole thing was like... That's interesting with that comic too because that makes sense because traditionally in that, I don't want to give anything away yeah. about the comic, but it would be reversed. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, it just seemed to work out better. And it was like everything made more sense. And it was actually, it was started out as like, a, 
I don't want to say like a lighthearted romantic comedy, but it was supposed <laughs> to be like oh, a little bittersweet tale of romance by the sea, and then it was at the end so I was like, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't, yeah, it's stuff like that. Like I'll take elements of it, and um, the way I work is if I get stuck on something, it's like you know you're you're, you're going through your story, and then you kind of just hit a wall, um, and instead of trying to like find my way like along that wall to try to find a, like a break through it. I, I end up going back and then go trying to find a way like, you know, a totally different way. So I'll actually like undo the story elements that I have up to a point and then try and just figure out a totally different way around it. Um, and I usually just end up throwing things like whatever I can at a story if I'm stuck. It's about Gotham Academy happens like this all the time. I'm like, we'll be brainstorming and I'll just throw like stupid ideas out there. And Brendan's like, why would why would that even happen? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I just, <laughs> but what if it did? But what if it did? Like, where would that lead us? I, so I ask a lot of like, what ifs, and um, I try not to. Um, like, if I'm having trouble having a character do something, I, I make sure that they never say no to anything. It's like that. It's like just, Like yeah, kind of like that, where you just always have things happening, and, uh, and eventually it's just about the, the overall shape of the story. But it's trying to get from point A to point B. And a lot of it, too, is like, what emotion do I want the readers to be left with? So that's like at the forefront of my mind. Like, when you close the book, how do you feel? And a lot of my work as a, as a storyteller is trying to manipulate the readers. <laughs> feel exactly what I want them to. Uh, but that's, that's a big part of it, like what I'm thinking about, these kind of things. But um, I don't even know what the question was. <laughs> I'm just talking right now. <laughs> about taking stuff from stuff to yeah, make stuff. Yeah. It was that, yeah. It, it, me, sometimes it happens, you know, you're writing a story and you, you realize you're trying too hard. Sometimes I want to, I want to, to pass an idea, you know, something about... Uh, uh, I had a lot of, that, of these, you know, uh, uh, what, one of my recent comics, you know, with the animation in the car. At first, it was supposed. I have been trying to do this one for a long time. It was, a, but it was too. Um, uh, I was trying too hard to explain, you know. So there were there were a lot of text and a lot of pictures, <coughs> and it was really, you know, hard to read. And I, every time I was saying, "No, it's not good. I'm gonna do something else." And at some point, uh, I, I, I had to do this story because, uh, because my father was annoying me. Oh, you shouldn't put something in your webcomic. And I said, all right, I'm going to do that. Your dad reads your comics? Yeah, he, 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 he even reads the comments. And after that, he calls me the comments, comments. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, no, I mean, no. <laughs> no. Can you imagine your dad commenting comments, you know? Well, I thought you were mean to Dark Lord 666. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to take that personally. You were just trying to make a point. Dad, please. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, so anyway, I realized that if I wanted to make this story happen, I had to go back. It was a story about how you feel, about feelings, you know, so that's why I, I had such a hard time to express it by writing. So uh, when I hit that wall, what I do usually is that I, like Becky, I, I go back from the beginning and I just do it the simplest uh, I can. So when I did that comic again, I said, uh, 
I just wanted to, to show how you felt in that situation, so I'm just going to draw it without explanation or the minimal explanation. And actually, you work better that way. And uh, it's, it's, it's often works like that. Usually, when, uh, when I eat that wall, it's because I'm trying too hard. Yeah, I, it's definitely a trying too hard thing for mm. me too. Uh, like I overwrite constantly. Yeah. I always have to take words out. And like even, you know, abandoned project-wise, um, I just recently did a web comic for Halloween that um, I, I didn't realize this at first, but I was going through my old comics files, and I actually started it as like a print comic, like three years ago or something like that. So I had the first few pages of it. Uh, I like, put them on Twitter or something like that, and they were terrible. And I guess I just like I remember writing this story and just getting like I, they're like full color and like inked and everything. And I just I got to like five pages or something, and I just hated it <laughs> totally. And then scrapped it, and I knew I'd get back to it eventually. And I think that the, the version I have now is much like much stronger than the initial one was. Uh, but I, I'm the same too in that I will not like try to work through a problem and yeah. say like fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not all over it's not worth it because yeah. it's like you know sometimes you just know if you're having problems like I feel like if, if the story is meant to be and if you're doing it correctly it'll kind of just work itself out and if, once you hit a wall that means you have to go back and like try to figure out where you went wrong. Yeah. It's like getting lost. You know? And it's it sucks because you put in so much you might put be putting in so much work to get to that wall. Yeah. Like it, I went to a school for animation and um, they had this thing where. It's like sort of a like kill your baby sort of thing. Uh, in animation, you have to do like 12 drawings a second. It's horrible. Like I went to animation. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you do like five seconds of animation. It's like all this work. Yeah. And then if it's terrible, like if the character's like doing the slightest thing wrong, it doesn't work. You yeah. just have to throw like this big stack of paper. Yeah. Well, you were stuck with it. But it's <laughs> Yeah. You can't get brushes. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. Um. How do you kind of challenge yourself creatively um, in your work process? Do you like try start work, starting working is already a challenge? <laughs> 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 I put an alarm clock. That's my challenge every day. <laughs> but once you're up, it's okay. Huh? Once you're awake, it's okay. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, no, I'm. I, I can try to answer that seriously. Um, for me, it's trying to get uh, out of my comfort zone. Uh, it's really not that hard, uh, actually, to you know to challenge yourself. Like, uh, but because I have a lot of occasion to do it, I think it's really more difficult when you are doing uh, proper comics like they do. You know, because no, but. Me, I have a, it's a webcomic and I have no obligation to have always the same style from one page to another. You know, tomorrow I can do a, a comic with thick figures and uh, my publisher won't call me and say, no, it's not, no, you get to do that. You know, I can do really, really realistic stuff and then really simple stuff. So the webcomic for me, at first, was exactly what you... Well, what you're talking about is a way to challenge myself now and then. So, uh, no, the main challenge is not to fall into habits because uh, after doing this webcomic for, for 10 years, I realized I was, I, I was tending to go always in the same structures and the same way of drawing and telling stories. So, now and then I, I try 
to use different techniques to do one uh, one comic with color watercolors and then the next day entirely with a, with a tablet and you know that kind of stuff. Was that um I think it was like one or two years ago you did that comic about like connecting on Twitter. Um, and I wonder if that was like trying to like touch different emotional beats because it's kind of more of a like how people are kind of disconnected. I don't remember this one. Are you sure it was me? Yeah, no, <laughs> it was you. Um, it was so long. Um, it was so long. A long story about you. Oh yeah, I remember this one. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it felt very different from a lot of the other stuff you've been doing at the time. Like there was like this kind of uh, introspectiveness. Oh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> but anyway, in in stories, for example, uh, for me, um, my comfort zone in stor on story is uh, the funny stuff. Yeah. Because you know, when when you pretend to be silly and want, trying to make people laugh, you know, you can uh, <laughs> you 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 can manage to make people laugh or, or fail completely. But at least you are clear in your intentions. You know, so if, even if you go into the cheesy stuff, people are oh yeah, he's making fun of it. So uh, actually my, uh, my challenge was to do more, uh, how would you say that, sensible stories about uh, feeling stories. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I wrote a story for Penelope Bagieux in France. Uh, she's a French cartoonist and she has a, a drawing style really different from mine. And we made a story together, and we were both coming from web comics, so everyone was expecting us to do something a bit stupid, uh, you know, uh, shallow and funny. And uh, and we tried to actually make a. Uh, I tried to write a story um, about loss and grieving, and so it was really. I, I was terrified when the book went out. People were nice. The book had a, 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 had some good reviews, but uh, it was. That, that was one of my biggest challenge to try to not be funny, mm -hmm. you know. Your turn. That's because that was crazy deep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can't top that. Um, <laughs> when I started doing my mini comics, that was a huge thing because I hadn't written in so long, and I kept trying to pitch stories to publishers that I would. I was like, I want to write my own books. But um, I had been doing so much licensed work and I had been working, like most of my career has been working with writers. So everybody was like, well, maybe after you do some more drawing for us. And I was like, I just, I'm so sick of the licensed stuff. And I mean, it's fun, but like, I don't want to, like, I, I just have, I want to write my own stories again. So doing um, my, my short stories was like a kind of way to like exercise those writing muscles again. But it was terrifying. Like every time I put one out, I was like, Oh God, everyone will hate it. Like, my stories are horrible. My writing is the worst. And even when I finished Demeter, like, I almost just scrapped it all. Like, I just had so many problems with that. And it was like, I was like, the morning I was supposed to send it off to the printer, I was like, I could not send it. I could just not. Like, and, and everything would be fine. No one would no one, no one ever know, right? That I've made this horrible thing. But then, you know, I talked to people about it and I realized I was just being dramatic and, like, just, just stupid. So. Yeah. Um, I, I find, you know, even just going writing for Carl now in Gotham Academy, that's like, it's like a new 52 book. It's in continuity to the, the, all the other Batman stuff that's so out of my comfort zone. <laughs> but it's kind of nice because we've been able to, like, make it into a little bubble, like, where it exists 
it still is like technically it can still be affected by things happening in the other the bigger DC universe, but like it's kind of nice in its own little place and it feels kind of safe and you know um, they kind of let us do whatever they like we want because I don't think they really know what we're doing. Yeah. They're just like, oh, that's Gotham Academy. Well, that's fine. Just do that and you know, like our notes from our editors, like. We'll get notes back and they'll be like, um, well, it seems like there's a lot of things happening in this issue, but if you think you can do it, that's probably fine. Like, it's really not, like, crazy edits, because I think we have a really good process of self-editing mm -hmm. in our group. Um, that's good collaboration when there's so many folks. Yeah. like that, with, like, working with the co-writer and then yeah. with an artist that you have a lot of trust in. Yeah, and we all, we're really harsh with each, with each other's stuff. I mean, we, we mostly just leave Carl alone because he's really good at what he does. But for the writing, you know, Brendan and I are all constantly tearing it apart. You know, like, we'll just give each other notes. And um, I think it's really important, especially with collaboration, uh, that you don't have an ego. Like, your ego takes a backseat to everything completely. Because if every, if, you know, if I took offense to everything that Brendan <laughs> said that he didn't like about, you know, if I was writing this, you know, in a shoot at the academy, and he comes back to my notes and he's like, look, this doesn't work and this doesn't work and this doesn't work. You know, and then he gives me his notes and I'm like, okay, well, I like that and that, but these things are, this would, this is, we've got to take that stuff out and do something else. So a lot of it's just back and forth and, you know, if we had an ego at all, we would just hate each other. Yeah. But I respect him so much as a writer, and Carl too. Carl will come in and be like, "You guys, this issue sucks. You guys have to go back and like rethink it." Like Carl will actually give us notes, which you know, some like we use a bunch of it. Um, so uh, it's it's really nice, but it's also uh, it's really good to have people that like friends. Uh, even when I'm doing my own stuff, people that I can show my work to who will be totally honest. Um, who will call me out if I'm like, if I'm drawing a, a page and someone's like, Becky, this panel really sucks. And I'll be like, you're right, you're right. I'll, you know, better do it. So uh, it's constantly uh, surrounding yourself with people who are better than you are and not being afraid to uh, just ask for opinions. You know? I don't want my work to exist in a bubble. I like, I like being challenged. And a lot of that is just having really good friends. You are very good. <laughs> yeah, every time you post something, I'm like, God damn it. I'm like, gosh, I'm like, oh. Well, the, the mini comics were really, like, I, I got really excited by them. Like, it's really interesting, like, seeing yourself challenge you. Like, do, doing it, just doing it yourself, and this is my thing. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm um, excited that you're writing more. That's, it, is, it is exciting. It's weird to not be drawing or something. People even come up like, I love your art in Gotham Academy. I'm like, I didn't draw it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's weird. Hopefully people get used to it. I like writing. It's fun. <laughs> drawing is hard, you guys. <laughs> it takes too long. It does. Um, uh, as for challenges, uh, I don't have anything like super philosophical or deep or anything. Like, literally, my challenge for myself recently, this came up during the Eleanor Davis anecdotes, um, is that I never do anything really modern. Like, a lot of my stories take place in this sort of ambiguous, old-timey world. <laughs> and uh, that's sort of, I feel like, talking to Eleanor, I realized that it's probably just because I'm being really lazy and I don't want to have to deal with, like, well, what if somebody had a cell phone? Like, how would that affect the story or something like this? Because, like, I don't have a cell phone, so, like, I don't even... I We're on like, the same team. Yeah, well, I, like, I don't even know, like, I'd probably, like, do some, like, weird 
grandpa version of like <laughs> what texting <laughs> is. <laughs> when I get notes back, it's like that's not what texting. Is. <laughs> um, but uh, so like I've been trying to get things a bit more modern. So like the two web comics I did this year take place in like 1989. So like I'm up to there. I'm gradually getting up. But like I think also uh, right now I'm working with um, other writers on different projects, um, like Annie Mock. And uh, this, and it's good to to work with writers who, you know, even though I like doing, I like being writer and artist the best probably. Um, it's beneficial to work with writers who will kind of like push you into drawing stuff that you wouldn't have drawn on your own. Um, and it's so it's kind of kind of gets me used to drawing a bunch of different stuff. Um, and so that that's really helping. So that's sort of another way that I'm challenging myself. Um, but otherwise, I feel like I don't. <laughs> Again, I feel very creatively lazy half the time. So yeah. That's my quote. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about some questions from the audience? Right there. <laughs> Just where we see a hand. This question's for uh, Becky. Uh, Just because we know that you don't draw uh, Gotham Mechanic, but you did draw Batman 12, mm -hmm. which is a great, I mean, it was a wonderful issue, and I love that. And I just wonder, because that was, did that mark like you, that you were the first female artist to do the Batman title? So I just, what was, was there a sense of pressure or excitement? And I was just wondering why, why weren't there any other, why weren't there sort of female artists before that just didn't get the chance to do uh, Batman? I have very disappointing answers for your question. Okay, so <laughs> I met Scott Snyder. Very good. So I met Scott Snyder in London, actually, uh, at like I think it was Kapow, and we were hanging out after the show was over, and it's Scott Snyder's there, and he's like, oh, we, you know, introduce ourselves. He's like, I'd love to work with you one day, and I was like, yeah, you know, call me, really, and uh, and he did actually, like a, like a week later, he sent me an email, and he's like, oh, it's great to meet you. Um, do you want to do this issue of Batman? Uh, and it, it's got to be done in like a month. Like the deadline's pretty tight. It's like four weeks, which is I guess normal, but. At the time, I was like, oh, God, because I had to move, and I had a Kira's con was coming up, and I was still in, uh, I think I was in France, actually, when I got the email, so I was hanging out, went to the Louvre, it was awesome. But, um, yeah, I, I, I said no. I was like, I can't do it. Uh, too, much, too much to do. And uh, my boyfriend at the time was like, you, are you crazy? You have to, it's Batman, you have to do this, you can't say no. And I was like, oh, you're right, like, I should, I should probably, I should probably do Batman. And, um, and so I did, but it was ridiculous. It was like, like overnights and, you know, to, trying to do, like, working at conventions, which sucks. Um, and, uh, and I finished it and I handed it in and yay, everything's done. And then like a month or two later, someone was like, I think you're the first when would to draw Batman? And I was like, I don't know, was I? Like, thank God I didn't know that. Just like, no I was just like, okay, I got it. I guess I should do this job since, you know, since it's Batman. Um, I have no idea why there wasn't anybody else. Just, no idea. It's very silly. Um, it's weird, though. There was, like, I was talking to some friends, like Francesco Francavilla, uh, at a show. I think after, after it had come out, we were hanging out, he's like, no, he's like, you should get ready for the Batman effect. And I was like, what's the Batman effect? It sounds ridiculous. I only drew an issue. Like, it was 20 pages of Batman. Like, there's not, like, how, how could that affect my life? And all of a sudden, it was weird. Like, Oprah Magazine called up, and they were like, we want to interview you. And I was like, why? Like, I just drew 20. I did what I normally do, which is do a job and finish it and turn it in. It's nothing. It's just Batman. 
You can't say it's just Batman. <laughs> um, it's Batman. I've got like the Batman voice right now. Like that? No. I, I am. <laughs> you hear my voice? I'm losing it. Oh, it's uh, yeah. It was really weird because all of a sudden it was like now, no matter what other work I've done in the past, it's always like first one to draw Batman. It's going on my gravestone. <laughs> it's one of these like it's kind of it's cool, you know. It's nice to be if there's gonna be a first one like this. It's nice. It's a nice little thing to have. But at the same time, it kind of overshadows everything else and like the things that I'm really proud of, like my self-published work and you know just books I've done in the past. It's just like, well, nope. There's 20 pages of Batman like hanging over all of this. Like, <laughs> so so I think it's gonna be a constant reminder of that. That job I took one summer. Constant reminder of your success. <laughs> <laughs> but it's weird, you know. It's not like it's it's. And Batman was only in it for like a panel. I'm like, so I'm like, I don't get why it's like it's become a thing. But it's just that, you know. And just being the first at something is like enough to put it on your gravestone. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Is that the next mini comic series and what's on the graves? Yeah, that's a, I know. Well, I mean, there could be worse things, I guess. <laughs> so that I'll take that. That's that'll be fine. I'm sure. <laughs> Anyone else have any questions? Joe. Um, already answered this one, but the, the other two, um, your editorial process. You involve other people. Um, I. For my webcomics, because I don't, since I'm just making them myself and I don't have a publisher or anything, um, my wife Kate edits them, um, which is just basically I eventually, it's partly I will, if I'm having trouble with the story, if I hit that wall or something, I will talk it out with her, I'll tell the story to her, and as I'm telling it to her, I'll realize parts that are just awful, <laughs> and then I'll be like, wait, never mind, no, I'm not actually doing that, and then I'll go, I'll change it, and sometimes she will read my comic um, in various stages of the process and uh, and kind of correct things as I go. And you deal with that okay? Yeah, I do. Like, <laughs> like I always I always tell a story, but like she'll come in and kind of read it and tell me, and she'll be very upfront with what's not working, and you know, um, and I will usually say like, no, it's working, it's working as intended. Like I meant for it to be that bad. <laughs> and, then, and she'll be like, all right, well I think like this part's moving too fast. And I'm like, no, it's perfect. And then she'll leave, and I'll just kind of stew in that, <laughs> and then I'll, I'll change it later usually. And it, and she's often correct, so often not always. <laughs> Uh, so then that's, and then, but I have editors on my other work, but um, I, I've been like, for my book, I, my editor basically just let me do whatever I want. And then there was like one story where she said, you have to make this scarier. And I was like, all right. So I did. Um, but other than that, I, I usually don't have a lot of editing. I like the reading out loud always helps. Yes, yeah, I do that too. I do character voices, like we all like, sit around and we'll do, like in Gotham Academy, we'll read them. That's so cute. <laughs> but telling your story to somebody and talking about it out loud, I always feel like that really helps. Like, in your head it makes sense, but then when you try to tell something, you're like, no, no, wait. Yeah. This actually doesn't make any sense to anybody. It's like too complicated once you try to put it into words. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't really understood the question. The edit, what do you do call the editorial process? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, like, do you have someone that like gives you feedback on your work? Oh, right, that. Or an editor? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> an editor. Yeah, um, I was always really lucky with my uh, publishers in, in in France. I started by doing uh, stuff for kids, and uh, I didn't like it because I like to do uh, improvisation. So most of the time, I, I was drawing the whole page and then sending it to the publisher. 
public that give me money now. <laughs> you know, it was really for me. Uh, you could comics there and money comes back. <laughs> it was really simple and beautiful and nothing bad to change. And then sometimes my publisher would say, no, this one is not good enough. Please do another one. <coughs> Where is my money? <laughs> and I was really upset. And uh, it was really weird. And uh, so I didn't like that. And uh, after a while, I did a webcomic. And the webcomic had success. And a lot of uh, publisher, uh, a lot of publisher, like two of them, uh, asked me if I wanted to publish it. And um, I said, well, why not? And uh, the publisher were like, so we are going to take pages to remove the one we don't like. We are going to do the cover like that. And they no, I don't. I want. I want to publish everything. <laughs> Just make a book with that. And uh, they didn't want to. So I. That's why I had to wait so long to publish it. And at some point, I I met with uh, Lewis Trondheim, who is a French cartoonist who is also a publisher. And he really wanted to make that book happen. And I said, I want to do whatever I want. <laughs> and he said, okay, you can have it. And it really happened, you know. Like I just gave a pile of uh, comics and I got a pile of money <laughs> and books. And it was magic. And now, uh, and, and now I am in this weird situation where my publisher calls me after the book is in uh, the bookshop to tell me, oh, I just read it, it's good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's fantastic, I love that. And, um, and no, I'm kind of, you know, the book are, are doing quite well in France, so I'm testing them, you know. Uh, last time I asked, uh, for my last book, I asked, can I have neon color on the cover? And they say, yeah, sure. <laughs> it was magic. And this time I, I asked, can I have gold? <laughs> and they were like, like actual gold. Sure. <laughs> I have one here. Look at that. That's totally crazy. You can add that to a publisher. Like some yeah. ask for like rights. <laughs> I was so happy with it. <laughs> and so this is the book. What the book looks like. It's not very expensive. Tell your friends. <laughs> all good friends. Did you see what I did here? <laughs> this is how you make money out of it. I know of Brandon Graham, one thing he would do is when he knew there was too much of the tutorial process, he would just finish the whole comic and then send it in so it was too late for them to yeah. get in notes. Yeah. I also, um, if there's something that I'm doing that um, I don't think they'll, the, 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 my editors will be like, don't do this, this is too much, like t dial it down, either like, you know, innuendos or violence-wise or anything that I want to do that I think, like, I'll always go a step further than what I want to do and I'll show more than what I need to do. So they'll, so they'll be like, well, Becky, this is nice, but, like, like when I was doing Conan, I wanted, uh, in the book, Belit runs around topless the whole time in, in, the, in the prose. But in, in the comic, they, that's one thing they were like, okay, well, we can't, we can't have nudity. That's one thing just because of the age rating on the comic. So I, I just kind of just drew her topless anyway. And they were like, well, okay, well maybe just dial it back like a little bit. So I was able to just have her topless, but she's wearing like all these jewels and things. So like, you know, she's still covered up. And I still got to make her topless, but at the same time I was worried that if I, you know, mm -hmm. if, I, if I 
just jewel like you know how I how I envisioned it in my head they would be like well why don't you just like throw a shirt on her or something but that's not I mean I wanted to make it as close to the Robert E. Howard text as possible and she run up which is great it's awesome but like and kid loved it yeah but I mean it, it's like it's this kind of thing where you want you want something so you ask you ask for way more than you need mm-hmm. so that way when they say I guess it's a weird bargaining well, I was worried about that too with my book because it, it's like horror and it's yeah. being published by a children's publisher and and a lot of like children's stuff that I didn't done in the past they've asked me to adapt certain stories but like I can't do anything too gory or bloody yeah. or something like that which come on some children's were Seriously. But anyway, and so in my book, that yeah. I was like, that was why I got that note about make it scarier. I got this, they, I basically gave them like, like I branded it and just did like a full, full color finished story that I didn't even tell them I was doing and, and gave it to them. Um, and they were totally fine with that one. But there was another one that they said like, it's a, uh, I've got some problems with this. And I was like, oh no, they're going to tell me it's too gross because like, it's about these like worms that get into people's skin. Yeah, so, <laughs> and I was like, oh no. And, um, but at the, the, actual, the note that came back was that, yeah, you need to make this one scarier. Like, it's yeah. not scary enough. And it ended with like, this, like, 14-year-old girl's skin, like, on the ground, yeah. empty of worms. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, no, punch it up. <laughs> so, sounds good. Yeah. Uh, I think we're past our time. Oh. Yeah. Uh, thank you, all three of you, for coming. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and I appreciate you all coming to... And who by fire, who by water, who in the sunshine, who in the night time. Very slow decay, and who shall I say?